quick reminders today after service for the next steps we will be in the conference room which is right next to Abba Java there'll be sandwiches in there for you if you're part of that class I encourage you if you haven't been uh, through that go through it and I will be go ahead and go in get your sandwiches begin to eat I will be in there momentarily I have to visit a little while I want to shake some hands and hug some necks, amen. And then also, I want you to be praying about uh, on the Sunday before Easter is when we do our resurrection seed offering. And the money that we take up for that, we pay directly against the principal amount of the church payment and that has made a huge difference throughout uh, the last few years. So if you'll be praying and asking God what he wants you to do, that has literally, this is no exaggeration, that, that has literally saved us hundreds of thousands of dollars by doing that. <clears throat> so be praying about that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Luke, the ninth <clears throat> chapter. While you're turning there, I, I'm going to be speaking to you today on uh, something that I've actually spoken on in the years past, but I, I saw it in a different light than I'd ever seen it when I was reading. And so I want to bring that to you, and hopefully it'll have an impact on you like it did on me. So. The title of the message today is called The Towel. Would you say that with me? The Towel. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. It's more than a book. God, you ensured that it would reach us through centuries gone by. You've preserved it so we could have it. We are a blessed generation to be able to hold it in our hands. We ask, God, that you'll help us hold it in our hearts, and we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 9, starting with verse 51. What I'm going to be sharing with you is a series of events that transpire or take place leading up to the feast of the Passover. This is a feast that they have kept, that the disciples have kept with Jesus on at least two other occasions. And now they're going to participate with him again. But in this moment and on this night, something is uniquely different. So I want you, if you would, to pay close attention to the words from the, from the passage of Scripture that I'm reading because they hold a key element in this message. As the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead to a Samaritan village to prepare for his arrival. But the people of the village did not welcome Jesus because he was on his way to Jerusalem. So we, here we have Jesus getting ready to head to Jerusalem to partake 
of the feast of, or the, the Passover. It's going to become known as the Last Supper. He's going to pass through Samaria, and as he starts to go through a Samaritan village, the people there don't want him to come because they know he's going to Jerusalem. Verse 54, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. Here we are at the culmination of his ministry, coming close to the end of his ministry. And there are some things going on that seem to be unsettling. He's got two disciples wanting to call fire down out of heaven and destroy a bunch of people. Any of you ever been like that? Look at Luke 22 and 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to acquire among themselves which of them it was that should do this thing. And there was also strife among them which of them should be accounted the greatest. This is the last time they're going to have this meal with him. This is coming to the end of his ministry. These guys have been with him for three and a half years. This Feast is different. He's never, they have never heard him hold up bread and say, this is my body. They've never seen him take the cup and say, this is my blood. So there's something in the air. There's something else in the air as well as what Jesus is saying, and that's what they're doing. He starts talking about what's going on among them. Think about this. This is, this is the end of it, right? This is the night before he's going to be crucified. He's been with them for three and a half years and poured into them, and he's got two guys wanting to kill a crowd of people with fire. He's got one guy that's going to betray him and another guy that's going to deny him, and all of them are jockeying for a position talking about who's going to be the best, the greatest among them. I mean, you might expect this if this was the beginning of his ministry, right? When he first called them. If, you know, when you, you know, how many of you have ever helped mentor someone, you know, and, and, and you're trying to walk them through some stuff and, and you know, and, and so there's a lot going on in their life and you're having to help them navigate it and we all get that, right? 
But this isn't the beginning. This is the end of Jesus' walk here on earth. These are the guys he's getting ready to put out and tell them to go share it with the world. And they're all arguing about who the best is. They're ready to kill people, deny him, and betray him. Could you see a problem with that? And and I thought about that, and it struck me. I thought, what's happening? I mean, what would you do? If if you had poured into someone, and I mean, you you gave everything you had, and you poured into them, and then all of a sudden, you know, and you're you're getting ready, you know, you feel like, man, they're they're ready to go. Praise God. This has been great. I'm getting ready to release them, you know, into the children's ministry. And you hear them yelling at some kid in the hall. Might make you kind of second guess your investment, right? Not sure whether or not they're ready for this. Let's take a look at what Jesus did. I mean, you know, what we, would, what we would probably do, can I borrow you, James? You're never here for me to borrow anymore. <laughs> what, what? They're not clapping because you're not here. They're clapping because you are. Okay, so, so he, if, if all of a sudden, you know, somebody you've invested in and all that, and you, you see them, you know, reaming some kid out and, and, you're, and you were just getting ready to make them the head of the children's department and, 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 and now and so then you would and you see that it, it would probably you know like I said give you pause and you'd probably would say I, I need to talk to you a minute what's wrong with you why are you acting like that <laughs> monkey see <laughs> See, sometimes well, the truth is, is we're, we all wrestle with stuff, don't we? Thank you. You did, that, you did that very well. Thank you. Don't go away. I may need you again. So I'm thinking, what, what, what's Jesus doing? This is powerful to me. Look at verse 3 in John chapter 13. Jesus knew. Everybody say, he knew. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. He knows that. He knows who he is, right? Jesus knew he's got all authority. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. him. Wrap your mind around that. These guys are jockeying for a position. He just said, one of you are going to betray me. He tells Peter before, during this supper later on in the evening that he's going to deny him. He's just had to get on to two of them that wanted to kill a bunch of people. And what he does, the remedy for this appears to be a towel. Everybody say a towel. 
Now, here's what was so impactful to me when I started studying this. You realize that this is the only place throughout the entirety of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation and every chapter, every passage, this is the only place that the word Tau shows up. Not just the English version of this, but it's the only place in the Greek that this word shows up. Now, if you look at the definition of it, it means linen cloth. And you can find other places in Scripture where it talks about a linen cloth, but it's not the same word. This towel was reserved, set aside for something very specific and unique. Did you know that in Jewish law and in their tradition that a rabbi or master teacher, let's say this, that, that a teacher had no right, could not demand that his disciples wash his feet. Matter of fact, Jews didn't even, they, they, Jews didn't do that. They didn't wash one another's feet. That was reserved for slaves. This act was supposed to be done by the lowest person on the totem pole. Somebody that didn't have a choice, somebody that couldn't, couldn't reject it. The rabbi could not demand that his disciples wash his feet. So for the master of the universe, for the teacher of teachers and the king of kings to pick up a towel, and wrap it around his waist to wash their feet was unheard of. No rabbi would ever do that. But that's what Jesus does. Why? Why, why does he reach for a towel instead of a whip? like he did when he went into the temple. Why is he reaching for the towel and not the whip now? Because he knows that in that room filled with the 12, that they all love him. They may not understand him, but they love him. In that temple, none of those religious leaders loved him. They despised him. They rejected him. But here, 
Jesus is going to do something in the final hours of his time with them on earth to finally drive home a message that they'll never be able to forget. In the middle of all their jockeying for position, he, he understands they're wrestling with some stuff. Have any of you ever wrestled with anything? Wait, wave your hand at me if you've ever wrestled with anything. I wrestled with my brother one time. All 400 and something pounds of him. Put a curvature on my back. You think I'm kidding. I, he had me down in the floor on top of me. And I stood up, I, I put my hands on the floor, and I got back up on my feet with him hanging on my back. I went to a chiropractor because my back was hurting for some reason. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, man, he said, I don't know what you did, but you lifted something real heavy sometime the wrong way. I said, oh, I could tell you the name. <laughs> Wrestling with things. And Jesus understood that I'm getting ready to leave them and they're still wrestling with this stuff. And, 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 and I'm, what are they wrestling with? They're wrestling with pride. They're all trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest. They're wrestling with unforgiveness. You want us to kill them? They're wrestling with commitment because before that night's over every one of them are going to run away from him Jesus doesn't see their weakness and berate them over it what he does is get ready to clean them from it Amen. he goes for the towel everybody say I need a towel Jesus determines that the cure for what they're wrestling with is a towel why he, any of those disciples would have washed his feet I'm persuaded, I, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that Judas would have washed Jesus' feet if Jesus had asked them. But that's not the issue here. You see, none of them reached for a towel because they know that if they wash Jesus' feet, you just can't do that and stop because the towel symbolized a servant. And how can I wash his feet and not wash yours? Jesus said that if a man say, says that he loves God and he doesn't love his brother, he's a liar. Because how could you love God whom you have not seen and not love your brother whom you have seen? Did you ever have something going on inside of you that was so deep you didn't even know 
how to deal with it. That was so ingrained into you that you just kept wrestling with it over and over. Someone that did you wrong and you haven't been able to release it. Someone that hurt your family and you haven't been able to let go of it. An injustice that was done to you that you've carried your whole life. And that's keeping you from being who he called you to be. So when Jesus sees them wrestling, he doesn't reach for the whip. He reaches for a towel. He does something unique in that moment. He says, you know what? I'm going to show you something. He said, I am, you call me Lord and Master. And he said, you're right because that's who I am. So if I, your Lord and Master, am willing to do this for you, shouldn't you be willing to do this for others? Peter said, you're not doing it. He said, well, if I'm not, then you might as well pack your bags and walk because you don't have any part of me. It wasn't about cleansing their feet. It was about changing their heart. See, Jesus isn't out to get dust off of some dirty feet. He's out to remove bitterness and some angry hearts. He's out to take away fear and replace it with faith. Peter would look at him and say, I'll die for you. He said, you're going to deny you know me three times before morning gets here. I, 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 can, I wonder what Peter thought about when the rooster crowed. I wonder if he saw the towel. He looked at Peter and he said, you don't understand what I'm doing to you. He said, but you will later. You don't get it, Peter. I'm, before you deny me, I'm forgiving you. Before you betray me, I'm showing you there's a place of forgiveness. Before you run from me, I'm showing you a way back to me. And if I am willing to do this for you, you ought to be willing to do it for one another. It's unique because in the Old Testament, we see types and shadows, right? In the New Testament, Jesus teaches us through the use of what? Parables. What happened that night became a living parable, an object lesson, if you will. John 13, 12 to 17, listen to these verses, and I want to show you this object lesson. After washing their feet, everybody say after washing their feet, he put on his robe again. Everybody say he put on his robe, and he sat down. And asked, do you understand what it was I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things... 
God will bless you for doing them. What's he saying? The slave's not greater than the master. The messenger's not more important than the one that sent the message. He's saying not a one of you in here are as important as I am. And I just picked up a towel. I'm going to teach you that the way to free yourself from your fears and your bitterness is to serve. Somebody say, serve. Now watch the parable unfold. He laid aside his robe and put on a towel. Philippians 2, 5 and 7, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. What's he saying? He's saying you need to think like he did. You need to respond like he did that night. Don't reach for a whip. Reach for a towel. He said, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. What did he do that night? He took off his robe. It was the most expensive thing he had. It was, if you will, he took off his glory and he laid it aside and took on flesh. He took on the, he took on the form of a man. He laid it all down so we could find him. He took off his glory so we could put on his glory. He became sin for us that knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He took off the robe when he got up to put on the towel. But in that verse, it said when he got done washing their feet, he put the robe back on. What was he saying? He's saying what I did did not diminish who I am. <laughs> Oh, you need to hear that again. What I've just done did not diminish who I See, sometimes we get in our mind that unless I'm doing something that I think is important, then it doesn't matter. I remember mentoring a young man one time that was a young minister, and I was trying to help him to understand about being humble and humility, and, and, and I could see he was struggling with it. And I told him, I said, son, if I ask you to clean the toilet, I want your response to be, what kind of cleaner do you want me to use? When all of a sudden we get the attitude that I'm too good to clean the toilet, then who do you expect to take care of your mess? When Noah was asked to build an ark and Noah had to put all those animals on the ark, do you think for the year that they spent on that ark that they all got constipated? <laughs> do you think there wasn't some mess to deal with? Can I ask you a question? When you came to God, were you already righteous? Were you already clean? Were you already perfect? Or did you have some mess that needed to be dealt with that only God could deal with? And if it hadn't been for the towel, I'd still be in a mess. He took off his glory. Listen, it's important you get this. Because when he got ready to go to the cross... He, he looked at his disciples and said, 
I'm going to lay my life down. No man's taking it away from me. Do you understand? I, I understand who I am. Jesus knew he had all authority. He knew he came from God and he was going to go to God. And because of that, he could pick up a towel. And now he looks at them and he said, you, you need to get this. He said, I'm going to lay my life down. No man's going to take it from me. I'm laying it down and I'm going to pick it back up. I'm taking off the robe, but I'm going to put the robe back on. And I'm going to sit on the right hand of power with my father. The Bible said that he took off the robe and he sat down. What did he do after he was crucified and cleansed us from all our sin? He went back to the Father, he put back on the glory. And he sat down at the right hand of majesty by God. Somebody say, hand me that towel. As a matter of fact, if you've got a towel, hold it up right now. If you don't have a towel, you need to get one. Hold your hand up if you don't have a towel. Everybody else that's got a towel, put your hand down. Hold, hold it up if you don't have one, and we'll get you one real quick. What, what do you mean we'll get you one? Oh, here. You don't have one? Run up here. Oh, there you go. She's got one for you right there. You see how quick I was trying to get out of service? Here, take mine. Take mine. You can. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever contemplate or wonder why we wrestle so much with our walk with God. I've determined something. You can't live for God passively. Oh, it's Sunday. Time for me to put on my preaching uniform. Don't see me Monday or Tuesday because <laughs> I won't have it on. <laughs> if it's something that we put on and take off, then we've got nothing. It has to be who we are. That's why in the middle of all their wrestling, in the middle of everything they're dealing with, he has compassion on them. Why? You'll find it in Luke 22 and 28. He said, you are those that stayed with me during my temptation. You're, what are you saying? He knew what it was to wrestle things. He knew what it was to feel emotion. Don't you think there were times he wanted to zap some of those Pharisees that he knew who Judas was? Don't you think there was a day when he wanted to take Judas aside and just, God would never do that. You ought to ask Lucifer about that. An angel that forgot the towel. An angel that forgot his highest calling was to serve God. And he got stuck on himself and was cast down. Did you ever have God take you down a notch or two? Anybody? Am I the only one? I mean, is that, am I the only one that's ever had? 
we think, oh, he must, he, 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 he must not love me. It's because he loves you. It's because he loves you. You know what I've I, I determined? You, you, Debbie's dad always used to tell me this. He said, you know, if, if, if you're wondering how close you are to God or how much God you have, he said, ask yourself how much you love your brother. And he said, that's a good way to find out. How, he said, it's, it's kind of like a dipstick in oil. He said, you, you, you pull that dipstick out and he said, if you don't love one another, he said, you, you're going to find out you're running a court low because that's the only way that you can really serve God is by loving others. Something else I discovered is this. If, 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 if I'm wrestling with something and I, I, I've got a question whether or not this is what God wants, ask yourself this question. Are you having to hide what you're doing from others? If you are, that's a litmus test on whether or not God approves. Adam and Eve. <laughs> I got news for they, you know, I don't want to be looking for fig leaves, folks. I want to be covered by his blood. How about you? So, the moment he gets ready to leave them, he, he deals with this in that meeting room. Nobody else knows what's happening in there. God's not going to hold you up to public ridicule. He deals with you privately. Let me share this with you. God will always start in your heart. And if you won't hear it in your heart, he'll send somebody. <laughs> Listen closely to your heart. Because I'd a whole lot rather God speak to my heart than have to send me somebody. He's going to be crucified, and they take everything away from him. People don't really talk about this, but they stripped him when they crucified him. See, servanthood isn't something I can put on and take off. It has to be who I am in my heart. Did you ever have God ask you to do something for someone you didn't like? You mean there are people you don't like? Do not start pointing fingers. <laughs> and yet, when you followed through with it, you felt something inside you change. <laughs> I, 
I had a minister on up in years. We were in Seattle, Washington on a ministry trip. And he, he, if you would have looked at him, you would have thought he was the most stewardly gentleman you've ever met in your life, and you would have been wrong. <laughs> this guy nearly got me in a fight on Pike Street or Pike Market, whatever the name of that place is in Seattle. We're walking through the crowd, and he's, he, he, you know, I mean, man, he was one of those guys that looked like he could be on a J.C. Penney catalog. Older man, gray-haired, distinguished-looking. He had a back scratcher in his hand, and we're walking down the street, and there's a guy that's in front of me, and he reached around me and slapped that guy with that back scratcher and put it back down by his side real quick. That guy turned around and looked at me, and I thought, here we go. And, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I couldn't believe it. We were there to help a church. We were there supposed to be, you know, ministers. And, and he's pulling this stuff. And I'm kidding you. I'm not I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I, I thought, man, for a moment, I thought, boy, this is going to be great. Headlines, you know, preacher flies in in a riot. And, you know, I, I mean, it, was, it wasn't good. And I got mad. Not at the guy that was looking at me like he wanted to whip me. I got mad at the stately gentleman. And I turned around and I looked at him and I said, don't you ever do that to me again. And I didn't let it go there. I carried it back to the hotel room. Deb's dad was with me. He always had a way of talking to you without saying anything. And I'm, I'm in that hotel room, and I'm getting more worked up. But I can't believe he did that. I, I can't, you know, what is wrong with him? We're here supposed to be ministering and trying to help. Them. And he pulls some boneheaded thing. And I mean, I'm, yeah, any of you ever get there? You know what I'm talking about? And I'm just, her dad doesn't join in with me. He just said, yeah, it sounds like something you probably need to pray about walked out of the room <laughs> so there I am with my anger turning to bitterness and the only thing that's going to help me is a towel and I dropped down on my knees and I said, God, I'm sorry. But God, you know how I feel, and I can't hide that from you. And I know how I feel is wrong, but I can't change me. Please, God, change me. Take this out of my heart. I got back up and I didn't feel any different. Went to church and didn't feel any different. That's still gnawing at me. That's why I understand something about the power of the towel. It's because when I saw that man walk into the back of the building, I felt something go over me. 
that I knew that was far greater than I was, that was, that was bigger than I was, and that I, I felt God start to rescue me. And I felt, I felt the towel in my hand. And I, I remember walking down to him and I threw my arms around him and I started hugging him. And I said, I love you, brother. And I wasn't lying about it. It wasn't fake. It wasn't phony. And in that moment, I understood that God can free you from whatever it is that holds you if you'll just humble yourself. Pride goeth before and haughty spirit before a fall. If I don't forgive, I can't be forgiven. That's why he picks up the towel and not the whip. Have you ever found yourself in a place, I'm getting ready to wrap up here, but have you ever found yourself in a place where you messed up? I mean, really messed up. And you know that what you did isn't pleasing God to the point that you're having difficulty living with yourself. Every morning you wake up thinking about it. And you feel like, man, God wouldn't want anything to do with me now. You're not the first one that ever felt that way. Peter did. Peter had swore that he would die for him, and he does just what Jesus said he was going to do. He denies him three times. He walks away from there. He sees him crucified. He watches from afar off. He, he sees him die. He sees them beat and abuse him and cru- crucify him. And he's thinking, I never, I never told him I was sorry. I never had the chance to go. You got to understand that Peter walked with him in the flesh. It's not like us today that we get down on our knees and know that he's in heaven. That's not what's going on. Peter had seen him in the flesh and when his flesh is dead, Peter feels like all my hope is gone. I can't, I, I never told him I was sorry. I never got to say it. And then all of a sudden something happens. Three days go by. An angel shows up at a tomb. There is a... (laughs) Napkin that's been folded in a place and left by itself. And the angel tells Mary, go tell his disciples and Peter... That I'm coming before, that I'm going to, and all of us, I can't, I know, I look, I don't know what happened. I just got an imagination for something. And I see Mary going back and telling them, I saw the angel, the tomb is empty. And the angel said, tell the disciples. And Peter's thinking, I'm not a disciple anymore. They, they, he, he doesn't want me anymore. But the angel also mentions you by name, Peter. What? He mentions you by name. What? He said, tell the disciples and Peter. <laughs> then all of, I can't help but think that Peter realizes, I get to serve. I get to serve. He hasn't forsaken me. He hasn't left me. He's going to let me serve. Would you stand with me today? The privilege to serve. The honor to serve. Let me run back to the toilet in just a second. You remember the boy I was talking about where I told him, if I ask you to clean a toilet, I want you to ask me what kind of cleaner. And you might 
lest you leave here thinking that I was crude or rude, you need to understand that's where I started. I didn't preach. I don't remember if I shared it with this congregation or the first one. That's a problem when you preach twice in a few hours. You forget things. But at 15 years old, I'm in Chicago, Illinois, and a guy calls me out and prophesies over me and tells me my ministry. You know what he said? He said, your job, I'm 15 years old, man. And he didn't even call me out when he was ministering. He waited until we were taking up an offering. Came and got me in the, out of the offering line. It wasn't like I had a wad of money I was giving him. And the truth was, is he wasn't getting a whole lot because I was saving my money for McDonald's after church. Called me aside and said, your ministry will be to stir the church. I thought this guy's nuts. I don't have a ministry. I'm 15 years old. God isn't looking at just where you are. He's looking at where he's called you to. And if you won't pick up the towel to clean the toilet, what are you saying? I, I went to the pastor of the church. I couldn't preach. He tried, he, he put me up. Scared me to death, man. I was mouth dried out, hands sweating. And I thought, God, I can't do this. But God, I could clean this church. And I went and asked, I said, could, could I be the janitor? I can mop this floor. I can scrub those toilets. God, I just want to serve. I don't ever want to be in a place in my life where I feel like I'm too good to clean a toilet. Because I understand it's the towel that brings you into his presence. Not boasting, not anger, not disappointment, but the towel. I can't help but think that Peter's running around that day going, he called my name. He's going to let me serve. Let me share this with you. No matter where you've been, what you've done, God has a place for you to serve. There's a towel with your name on it. Would you hold your towels up one more time?
As you hold those towels up, I want you to look around. What do you, what do you see? These towels are different, aren't they? See, everybody's not called to the same thing. I can't sing like Debbie. I can't dance like your dad. But there's something I can do. I can serve. I can clean a toilet. <laughs> I've got some experience with that. And you never know where a toilet's going to lead you. I found out there are toilets all over the world. <laughs> and so I served. God has called you to serve. This is what I'm going to If you would, look at your neighbor and just shake him. Don't shake him, but just touch him and say, I get to serve. Just look at him and say, I get to serve. Say it one more time, I get to serve. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. I, I, I want you, I, I, I thought about this this week. I, my mind started running in numbers, and I thought, you know what? If everybody in this building would make a decision to serve, I'm going to volunteer four Sundays out of the entire year. I thought, man, if, if, if everybody did that, that would be over a thousand volunteers, a, th a thousand days of volunteering. I thought, man, with that, with that much service going on, what an impact we could have on a kingdom. What, what if all of a sudden you said, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I mean, I love kids, but I don't, I don't want to be in the back every week. I, I need to be fed. Well, they got to be fed too, right? So what if you said today, what if you said, I'm going to take my towel to the children's department and say, you've got me four Sundays out of the year. You tell me when you want me. And if all you're going to do is serve four Sundays, you're going to make sure that those kids get the best out of you in those four Sundays. If all you're doing is serving four times, you're going to, man, you're going to prepare a lesson. You may dress up for the part. You, you may bake cookies and brownies and we'll all come to class. <laughs> You, but you're going to make sure that you're having an impact in your service. Don't ever allow complacency to get in your towel. Don't ever. You remember, you remember towels in the wash hung out on the clothesline? You remember that? Thank God somebody invented a dryer. I always felt like I was drying off with sandpaper. Golly. This, you know, that it, it could never, I'm just saying this, you cannot do on your own what God can do in you. you when you allow God into your heart, when, when you quit trying to do it on your own, you're going to find out that God can and will use you. You, my friend, are a miracle in the making. You are the answer to someone's prayer. And all you've got to do is reach for the towel.
say, sing this song together. I wonder if you're in here and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to reach for the towel. Would you come to the front of this building right now very quickly, very quickly. I'm not going to constrain you to service. Just come, come real quick. Bring your towel and come, come real quick. My goodness, I'm going to have to preach this message again. Nobody's coming up here. Grab your, grab your towel and just come up real quick. If, you, if you're not coming up, if you can't make it to the front, hold your towel up. So I know you've heard what I said today. Hold your towel up. And this is what, this is what I want you to, I'm going to pray with you, but this is what I want our prayer to be from our hearts today, okay? As, as we're holding the towel up, pray this prayer with me. Here I am, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me. Thank you for giving me a towel. I want to make it count, God. I choose to serve you. I'm going to give myself to your cause. And I thank you for the opportunity to do it in Jesus' name. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this building today. God bless you. You remember this. If you're wondering why, just remember, if you're the next time you start wrestling with something, remember what Jesus said. These are those that have stood with me in my temptation. Jesus said, I know, I know what it is to wrestle, and I know what it is to win. You, my friend, are a winner today because of him. God bless you. We love you. Come on, give me a hand clap of praise in this house. Take it all. for just a second if you just stop where you are for just a second and look up this way this lady was baptized last week she was in a wheelchair she we couldn't hardly get her up into the baptistry look at her today she's healed I don't know I feel great I love God look at it she couldn't 